Hello to you and welcome to the Jewelers Podcast. So we are one years old. That's very exciting. So I just wanted to take a minute to say thanks for listening. Uh, thanks to all the people who have joined in and spared some time to share their story, tips, tricks with me and with you. And thanks for the support uh, from everybody. Uh, it's been really fabulous. Uh, I also like to make thanks known to Young Jewelers Group, Kim Ridley from Q Report, and the wondrous one and only Neil Polar. You can further support the Jewelers Podcast by maybe going on iTunes and leaving a little review, but preferably a good one. If you've got a bad one, maybe do something else or, or send me an email. Um, my email, if you want to get involved somehow or uh, promote something or share your story or tell me I'm rubbish, uh, is hello at socialstorytellers.com. I also just wanted to take a minute because the fair is coming up in August. The dates are 25th to the 27th of August. Uh, and that is in Sydney. So if you're arming and aring about whether or not you're going to come or not, you should come. <laughs> Easy as. It's a great way to keep in touch with the industry. And Young Jewelers Group has organised drinks, a meet and greet on the 25th, Saturday 25th at 7.30. King Street Wharfway. Uh, finer details, TBD. So I'll keep you updated with all those details if you're not on Facebook on next month's podcast and any other interesting things that might be going on behind the scenes anyhow here is the last episode of my trip to adelaide uh with peter coombs and if you don't know who peter is you can find him on insta his handle is peter coombs eyewear no e um he has designed and reimagined how we frame our faces with eyewear. Uh, so it's pretty special. Go and have a look. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the episode. And I'll see you next month. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, keep in touch. Speak to you next month with some more updates for the fair. Thanks. So I'm here with Peter Coombs. How are you, Peter? Uh, I'm I'm really well. It's a it's a lazy Sunday afternoon here in Adelaide. Uh, the fringe has begun, and uh, I believe people are out partying. Sure, I didn't realise it was the fringe when I came out here, and, and, and it made sense as to why I couldn't get a hotel very easily. Yeah, I think there's probably a lot of RVs and and lesser quality sleeping accommodation <laughs> parked along the roads in Adelaide at the moment. It, it's it's <laughs> It's kind of like the carnies have come to town. Sure. Good fun, though. Yeah, it is a good fun yeah. time. Everyone's out. And oh, I saw some amazing people, street performers, just doing the weirdest things. It's you want to come back in a couple of weeks when WOMAD's on. Oh, yeah. Then, then it's really... <laughs> <laughs> it's like some, some people look like they've walked out of the forest, which is cool if that's their thing. You know? Yeah. But it's, Salute uh, them for it. Beautiful. Yeah. So you make eyewear. Well, I, I make, I'm, I'm, yeah, look, I do. I make a lot of eyewear. I'm, I make a lot of things, but mostly eyewear. Uh, when I was studying in the 80s, um, you know, I'd made knives and goblets and rings. Oh, okay. And, 
And I was a surfer guy, you know, but you know, there's only so many goblets and knives and rings and whatever you can make. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'm always in the sun, always on the beach. Why don't I make a frame? Yeah. And turns out I was pretty good at it. Yeah, nice. What came from the, the jewelry came first, then you were well, I was I was doing for... <laughs> a degree, I was doing a degree in design, uh, under some really good teachers. You know, I had an English stone setter and uh, an English enamelist teaching me, and a German silversmith, and uh, really good drawing teachers. And it was, you know, it was it was that school of thought that the more knowledge you have, the more technique you might yep. know the more possibilities available, which is kind of how they teach at the music school. You know, you have to learn all the scales and you have to learn all the songs. You have to learn everything. Yeah. And and that kind of sets you free, whereas in the 80s there was the other school of thought that just be free. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know how you're meant to make some of the highly technical pieces if you don't actually have the skill. Yeah. You know, which comes from... Learning, learning the classics, shall we say? So, when you say you you wanted to make just a, a set of frames to go to the beach with, is that right? Well, just just to actually, well, it's that and to go clubbing. <laughs> <laughs> but did did they turn out? Oh, look, as, they, uh, you know, they, they, there's, they, they there's were there were a few challenges. In yeah, there. no, it was it was really interesting because. It, they took a few weeks to make, okay. and there were, you know, I made the chassis, and then I, uh, and I would make, and then I'd have the actual three D thing in front of me, and I go, oh, how do I resolve this? How do I resolve that? Yeah, and it was, it was a lot, it was, you know, a big learning curve, but, uh, you know, I, I actually still make that particular frame, okay, and uh, I still get orders for it, which is, yeah. which is just. Cool, Which know. part is the chassis? I can't even say it. You know, the, the main, the main body of the frame. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like if you think about the way a lens might be held in a frame traditionally, there's there's a groove and you know there's an edge to the to the lens, like a V edge to the ends lens. Uh, I I didn't actually have the skill or the machine to actually do that, mm-hmm. so I, I had to come up with another way to fit a lens to a frame. So I'd actually seen something, I think, on a boat, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. And uh, so instead of the lens being held within the frame, it's actually suspended between three pins mm-hmm. as if it's like a shock absorber kind of thing. Yeah. And it works really well. And, you know, that same design idea, I've just re rethought and redone and, uh, re-released a whole new range using that that process. And uh, 30 years, is it? Uh, 32, th- coming into 33 right now. Yeah. So 30- That's why I've got no hair anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but 32 years for a fairly niche product, would you say, in Adelaide? Oh, uh, look, I, I, I left here in 87, um, you know, which was well before email was was well before fax machines and you know i think i don't even know if we had atms in australia (laughs) then i I, uh, went to los angeles i went to hollywood actually yeah took some jewelry and walked the street and and you know i just thought well i've got to take it somewhere got to take it to the place where the people are and you know in the 80s as well there wasn't anyone who was really 
um, buying contemporary jewellery. There were a lot of people okay. who were saying, oh, we'll consign it. Yes. And, and you know, I, I was in the position where I just thought, well, I need to make some cash from this. Mm-hmm. And I, I could afford to fly to the States. So I thought, well, why don't I give that a go and see what happens? Yeah. And what did you find? Well, I, I, I found that um, people were really happy to say, oh, you need to go and see this person Oh, yeah. Down the road, tell them I sent you, and then if you, once you've done that, come back because I want half of what you've got anyway. You know, so they were really, really, really open yeah. about doing that. But more importantly, they wrote checks. Yeah, you know, like people would see something like I'm going to have that. How much do you want? And you yeah. know, literally there and then, you'd get a check for three or four rings or some frames or whatever it might be. But uh, you know, they they were just, I guess they were you know, far ahead of Australia at the time where there were already people yep. who were collecting eyewear um, who, you know, might have five or seven pairs. Yeah. And that's kind of starting to happen here now, but it's always been pretty big there. Yep. And, you know, at that time, you know, I remember my father who wore frames, had, you know, like nice Inglehard frames. They were a big company here in Australia. Okay. Steel rimmed, you know, and I remember looking over at my sister's wedding and going, hey, you've got paint on your glasses because they were the glasses he wore on the weekend when he was painting, during the week when he was an accountant, you know, with his yeah, tuxedo sure. at my sister's wedding. It was the same frame, you know, and that that was just the way people thought. Yeah. You know? And there still are a lot of people that think that way, you know. Yeah, right. It's a big industry to to take on. Uh, yeah, look, it is a massive yeah. industry. Yeah. Yeah, because there's, there's not, there's not too many sort of, uh, independent competitors that you can. Oh, you'd be surprised. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's in, in, um, probably not so much here in Australia, although there are a bunch of designers here in Australia. Oh, yeah. But there, it's, the industry is big in Europe, big in, big okay. in America. Uh, big in Japan. Ja- in Japan, it's um, particularly around the Sabai area of Fukui. Um, it's yeah. like the centre of the eyewear industry. So, do you think you're pretty unique in in the in terms of keeping a firm grasp on the jewellery side of of your of your craft, or is that quite standard? Because um, you stand alone in well, a few communities as, <laughs> as as the eye maker. Yeah, maybe. Uh, look, I, I think I think probably the the big positive for me is because I came from that background of making things. Yeah, and you know I'd been making things since I was like five or six. You know, like stripping bikes, rebuilding bikes. Yeah, yeah. Making control panels for spaceships and building forts within fig trees, and you know that that was just that was pretty common amongst me and my friends. Yeah. When I was growing up, but that that I took that into my design degree, and you know learned and spent hours. You know, I used to get to design school at seven in the morning, and leave at nine o'clock at night. Like I was really obsessed with it. Yeah. Yeah. What sort of things and, were you learning in design uh, school? Well, like I was, I was learning like you know all the silversmithing and all okay, the jewelry yeah, yeah, yeah. that I was. But it was it was thirty six hour week, like it was serious. Yeah. Back then, but because I was doing that, and then came to making eyewear, I brought all that knowledge to it. And most of the people who are designing eyewear are often industrial designers, okay, or 
Um, sure. or, or they're just, you know, people who are in optics that want to design frames, but they're not actually looking into the construction of the frame. Yeah. So literally every frame I've made has been a ground-up design from designing the nose pieces to designing the hinges, whereas if you have a look at a lot of the frames which are made these days, that way that they're making frames, particularly the plastics, the acetates and the horn, it's the same way that they've been making frames for a 100 years. Yeah. So, you know, and I'll get slammed for this, but what mm. they're doing is decorating. They're not actually designing. You know, they're, they're not actually recreating yeah, or sure. reimagining something. Yeah, right. And and so that, that I think has been throughout the entire time, like the, the big key to what I do it's it's like it's a ground up design and and people will come and they go oh my god I love the way this works and I love this and I love that but the comment that gets made most of all is oh my god they're so comfortable okay which to me is a shock because you know it's something that's on your face which is a pretty sensitive part of your body yeah uh, and to be told that by so many people it's like <laughs> what, what what's going on with the rest of the world yeah right. <laughs> And do you have the uh, the CAD hand make argument in eyewear? Uh, yeah, look, there are a lot of people who who do that, um, and uh, and there's a lot of people. Well, actually, most people probably do the CAD thing. Mm-hmm. The the thing that I the thing that I found is you know one of this frame that I'm wearing, which is part of the four o'clock collection. When we first had that produced in Japan, uh, I'd actually tried to have it produced in Australia, but it just wasn't going anywhere. Okay. Um, There was a lot of wastage of titanium and other problems. But um, I sent the images up to a place in Japan that had been recommended to me and the drawings, and they actually rang me and said, look, we don't think this is going to be possible. Yeah. So I said, "Well, hang about. Let me let me send you um, five fully handmade frames in titanium and argentium, and um, then we'll talk some more." So I sent them uh, because it's like all folded out of one sheet. There's no joins except for yeah. mechanical joins. There's no actually joins in the titanium. They had to make it differently from how it ended up looking. So I sent these frames up. They rang me and they're like, so, um, Kumsan, first question, who made the frames? I was like, oh, I did. And he's like, oh, wow. <laughs> so I, and I, this, this is where it got really funny. The owner of this company rang me the next day and said, I'm coming to Australia. I'm coming to your lab in nine days. And I was like, oh, wow, it's just a studio in Adelaide. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like the, the, the point of what I'm saying is that because I'd actually handmade stuff, I'd been in jewellery factories, I'd been in stamping factories, I was able to have a conversation with these people about, well, you know, that particular machine, how about we use it to do X, Y, and Z? Okay. Rather than what often happens is the producer will say, okay, you want this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we think we can maybe make it that way. And that's why it all ends up looking the same. Yeah. Uh, and so it was this really interesting so uh, look conversation at the whole process. Yeah, so as, it was as a designer. Yeah, but there, there was part part of one of these part of this frame that they said, "We're not really sure how you achieve that. Can you 
show us. So I took some photos of this little tool I made. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, so where did you get that tool from? I went, oh, I made it. <laughs> and and they just, they're just like, it was just a really nice, um, really nice way of getting to know each other through machinery and process. Yeah, sure. How does working with titanium differ from uh, other other metals? Well, so, you know, like, look, I, I've worked with a lot of other metals yeah. in my life. Like, I've done I've done full fit-outs of restaurants in in steel and old bowling alley. Okay. Uh, I've made regalia. I've made two Lord Mayoral medallions. I've made uh, chains. I've made goblets, you know. So it's like you get to know the differences in each metal. And then, you know, as you yeah. work up the tree into something like 18 white, which is really hard, or platinum, which is like, you know, like they've got their own problems. So if you come back from there mm-hmm. and work in silver or or I, I do all my testing in sheet aluminium, okay. it's really fast. It's almost, to me, it's like cutting butter, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I'll actually wear, I know a lot of... um People who do what I do will actually laser cut in thick paper oh, yeah. and, and get the shape. So I actually do the equivalent of that um, just with piercing saw and one mil aluminium. And then you can, you know, bend it and shape it and hold it against a face and and work out the parameters yeah. of that. But um, the reason titanium is because you're fighting two things. You're fighting strength. Okay. And you're fighting weight. So most metals, gold, aluminium, silver, the only way you're going to get the strength that you may want in those materials is to have more of it. Yeah. And thus you're getting weight. Yeah. Whereas if you're working with titanium, you've already got the inherent strength of the material. Like that's, that's an integral part of the material. And from there, you just you know cut it and shape it yeah. and and play with it. So the are there metals that are just you know you can't go there. Oh yeah, look, I, I used to make a lot of aluminium frames. Yeah, and they were beautiful and they were bright, and I did all the anodizing, and um, and it was you know like going into a, a sweet shop and going look at all these lovely sweeties, you know, like the colours were so vibrant. Yeah, but it just wasn't strong enough. What whatever you did with yeah. it, with it, or, or it was too heavy. So okay. and so it was like, which was great for collectors. Collectors didn't mind so much because um, they they were prepared to listen to the story and understand why it was. But when you're sort of spreading your wings a bit more, yeah, you don't really have that opportunity to tell that story, and and it actually cuts you out of a lot of opportunities because I, I sell to other businesses. I, yeah, yeah. I sell to high-end opticians in Australia and New Zealand and Canada and America and other places. Yeah. And so, you know, they have staff who are at, in the high-end places. They are highly trained people. Yeah. But then they have to tell the story and fit that frame to somebody and make it work. So, you know, like take away as many ob- obstacles as you possibly can sure. to make it happen. There's a lot of engineering behind uh, the yeah, pieces. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, there's there's a there's a lot of stuff which um, you know you might be working on the design of, or whether it's just on paper, or, or okay. you're actually doing it in metal. Going, 
yeah, how, yeah. how will this work? There's there's a lot of that that happens. Just you know, I I try to swim, so you know you swim up and down the yeah, pool yeah, yeah, yeah. to do a kilometer, and you know there's a lot of random stuff that goes through your mind. Yeah, but you know often you'll get that aha moment or or polishing. Like if I'm doing a lot of polishing. I'll sit in front of the polishers for maybe three or four hours. Yeah. Uh, listen to some crazy music and um, polish you away, and then it's like, oh, oh, you know, and so, you'll, you'll jump away from that and quickly do a sketch or, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So but, do, you, do you find that sort of you, you can go both ways with it? You can sort of do a lot of, like, drawing, prepping, and then sometimes you can you just have to go straight in. And- yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know, that, 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 I guess, you know, having been done, doing it since the eighties, uh, there are a lot of things which are a lot easier to work out now. Okay. Than they were. Yeah. Right. <laughs> back then and in the early nineties. And, and it's a lot faster too. You know, like there's frames that I've remade, which I can do in a day and a half or a couple of days, which used to take sure. uh, more than a week. Yeah. Right. Even uh, just apps on your phone and. And, and you know you can quickly use use a converter, you know. Rather, than, no, I do that all in my head. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I was really, <laughs> I was really in. Look, I, I, when I was leaving, when when I was at school, and then uh, so, early early at university, I was working in construction, um, doing um, high end measurement uh, and you know maths. Yeah, working yeah. working out formula. So I actually sure. particularly like that sort of yeah. stuff. So you you learnt it, yeah, in the era where it wasn't a, that sort of stuff wasn't available. So what things are are, are the tools that have come along? I, I my I, my philosophy is that, and you know, and I, I stole this quote from somebody else, but I live by it. Yeah, that good design, the best design is. The simplest solution using the least materials. Yeah, and um, and it's a really good thing to live by. If, even all the jewelry that I make, I, I've never been an encruster, shall we say? And I know that that's the thing that people do now. Yeah. I'm really interested in form, mm-hmm. so it would be really sculptural, really architectural, and beautiful lines. And that that actually came over into the eyewear, and there is a lot of. Um, I wear with a lot of embellishments. Yep. Um, I I seek beautiful, clean lines, but you know, within that, there's actually nowhere to hide. Absolutely nowhere yeah, to right. hide, and that that's that's my challenge every day. But to go back to your question, what's come along? Well, I guess um, using using programs like uh, I I don't do CAD. I've got a a friend that. That uh, creates my DXF files for the Japanese, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, you know, I use Photoshop a lot. So, yep. so I, I'll draw a shape, and then I'll manipulate that shape, yeah, and, sure. then, and then I'll print it out, and then you know, then I'll go back to the old school method, which yep. I can do really quickly, and cut it in sure. aluminium, and you know, I'll have five variations of the same shape. Yeah, and it's like, oh, maybe we'll make it. A little slimmer, or the nose needs to be wider, or that's too sharp, or yeah. And, and it's actually, I think it's really important to actually 
have the three-dimensional thing in your hand, yeah, yeah. even if it isn't the actual fully finished thing, just so you can understand that. And I, I see that a lot when I go to the international shows. Mm-hmm. You sort of, I, I, um, because, because I'm looking at it from that sort of whole jewelry high finish perspective, I see lines that don't intersect or they don't line up. And you just think, if you just, um, moved that line yeah, half yeah. a millimeter or chamfered it or whatever, it would actually be this beautiful clean line, you know? Whereas it, to me, it looks like just two things shoved together. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you mentioned going to Los Angeles. In the 80s. Mm-hmm. And, and the 90s and the noughties you, and two months oh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you go to New York yeah, quite regularly. Yeah. Uh, where, where else? And and do you just – is it uh, look, it's, is it's, it something that you wanted to be part of your lifestyle, a bit yeah. of business? Yeah, well, it is. It is. It's like yeah, I live it. It's, it's, sometimes it's a juggle finding the time yeah, right. to, to like to fit it all in. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I used to go to Melbourne a lot. And uh, I've been in in the last eighteen months. I've been in the states more times than I've been. Well, I've been to Melbourne Airport, but yeah, yeah, not yeah. Melbourne proper. And yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, how did that happen? Yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, you know that whole old story of you know as you get older, everything speeds up. Um, yeah. So you make this the international <laughs> look easy. You know, oh, I'm just going to go to New York and sell my things. Yeah, look, it's not. <laughs> it, look, it was a, it was a time. It was a time when you when if you wanted to see those people, yeah, you know, the only way to contact them was to actually go and knock on their door, sure, or write them a letter, okay, or or a, send a telegram. <laughs> yeah, you know, which makes me sound ancient, which I'm not. But anyway. <laughs> Um, but you know, I think, sure. I think, I think, you know, fortunately for me, I was at the end of the analog era yeah. when I started training. So there were friends of mine at design school who were learning the first CAD programs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Uh, in fact, there was friends of mine learning on, learning how to write COBOL and MS DOS to run those CAD programs. Yeah. So it was, it was really weird interface too, but, um, uh, look, I think it's, I, I've always tried to, um, and I, I think it was my grandmother that told me this and she, she was a hat, um, court milliner in Scotland. Okay. And so this, I think this is partly where this all comes from, but she used to say, you know, you need to, you need to show up. Yeah. You need to speak up and then you need to follow up. Okay. And and so I guess, you know, there's there's this sort of thing where you just think, well, you know, how am I going to contact? How am I going to make um, make this happen? How am I going to make these people aware of what I'm doing? Yeah. You go and get in their face. Yeah. It's brazen. Well, yeah. Sure. Well, that's, uh, that's what my... And, and back yourself. Yeah, sure. Uh, that's what my um, father-in-law says is if, if you don't ask, the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. The advent of social networking, yep. social media, uh, particularly Instagram, has just changed, just changed the field. You know, there have been. I was at a show in Vegas um, late last year, and I had people just going, "Those two new frames, 
that you posted the last two days. I was like, yeah. They go, we'll take them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and you know, like there was a lot, lot of work that went into that. So yeah. don't, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. make it sound like I just went, oh, I have this idea. Yeah. Um, but it was this beautiful thing that people had been primed to look for those Instagram posts. Yeah. And, and that's what they seem to do before the shows now. In, in the old days, you used to try to get a, a pre-show catalog. Yeah, and then you'd read it and you go, "Oh, they those sound interesting, or those sound interesting." But yeah, but this has made it so much easier. Well, like yeah. like your was it you, say your grandmother said yeah. you, you're doing the follow up. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think a lot. Uh, you know, sometimes you can get a bit too sucked in to social media. Yeah, and not get out there. Yeah, and uh, meet people. I've seen somewhere. That you you've done work for the probably the the most famous spectacle wearer. <laughs> is, it, is there a fair few of them? Are you talking about Reg? Reg, yes, yeah. I was like Reg, yes, it is Reg. Yeah, right. Yeah, look, look. Um, yeah, he's got twenty five pieces, and he's got some jewelry, and um. Because he, he loves the he loves the design and you know and, and this is a really interesting part of the conversation because it, it part part of it it feels like the albatross around my neck you know like oh sure he he pays really well yeah he's a lovely man he can make a decision in an instant where other people traumatize themselves for nine months maybe yeah, you yeah. know. Um, so every time I've spent time with him, he's blown me away. Sure. Um, I, I, all, I mean, I think all jewelers will have people like that. Yeah. Who 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 are instant. Yeah. And who uh, but, <laughs> drag um, their feet a bit. You know, he he's he was a great client, and you know, over the years, I've been asked about him a lot. There have been sure you know, yeah. other like just recently, um, Raquel Welsh is wearing our eyewear now. Okay. And. Uh, as a as a woman in her early seventies, she's looking pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, and um, but you know, just really lovely. But you know, it's, it's it's kind of funny. I found out that Raquel was wearing the frames just by accident, and I was at LAI Works in the middle of a conversation, and the woman who is the the manager of the main store. I was like, oh, I need to ask you something when we're finished. And I was like, okay. And when we got to it, she said, oh, Raquel Welsh rang and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, hang, hang hold, hold, hold on a second. <laughs> yeah, right. You mean like the Raquel Welsh? She went, oh, yeah, of course. She's and, and it was to them, it was just, you know, just another customer, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, that, 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 that kind of thing is just – Kind of mind blowing when you when you have no idea yeah. when when you're selling to other businesses and they're selling unless it pops up on their social media yeah you know it, it's like you just never know about some of these people you know sure someone someone like Elton John though he's 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 a great champion he's a great supporter yeah yeah so someone great to have on on, on your yeah. side yeah. Uh, Absolutely, um, absolutely. But you know, there, there's, there's so there's so many of them. I, I don't want to like you know yeah, no, uh, no, 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 downplay no. it. But yeah, at sure. the same time, there are so many. But then, 
and most of them were lovely. And but you know, in amongst that, there were some really not very nice ones. Who there was one in particular who I just said, um, "Sorry, we can't, yeah. we can't do this." And I've only done that maybe two or three times in yeah in three decades. Knowing when to say no yeah, is an important gone. skill. Yeah. Yeah. So what about things that people might not know about you? What are the things that, you, that you're passionate about that no one ever seems How to about, ask you about? How um, about I made a piece of jewellery for... Oh, that's my daughter. <laughs> How about I made a piece of uh, jewellery for the city of Adelaide and uh, Professor Andy Thomas, the astronaut... Oh, yeah. Took it with him on the space oh, really? shuttle, and it flew five hundred, five million, not five hundred, five million <laughs> kilometers around the Earth. Wow! And then was given back to the city of Adelaide. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I would have liked to have gone with him too, of course. <laughs> uh, look, um, it's, I, it's I think, an interesting mm, thing because mm. when I was fifteen, I went on TV, and and I was like, I said to my friends, "Everyone, give me a ring," and I'll, I'll, I'll like. You yep. know, wave my hands on TV. Look, oh, all my rings on TV. So it's an interesting yeah. thing that he can take these things from people and yeah, and jewelry is such an easy thing. Yeah, but you know, and and this the the funny thing is, you know, like my my mother, who's probably my biggest fan, and yeah, and she's got you know volumes of press stuff. <laughs> yeah, from all the cutouts. Oh yeah, but. Uh, I gave her a photo. Um, so there's this actor here called Eric Thompson who everyone knew as Mitch in one of the TV shows and he's in the Rafters show. And, oh, yeah. And so she, my mother got a photo of me and Eric and Eric's wearing the glasses. She's going, yeah, yeah, that's um, uh, that's a far more impressive than you and that astronaut guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I just love the fact that it was like, oh, you know, I don't know who so, that astronaut is. So, so what? He flies the space shuttle. <laughs> yeah, right. Different things blow different minds. Yeah. Hey? Uh, look, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Look, I, I'll... Probably the thing, and I'm pretty loud about this anyway, but I'll I'll actually make anything, yeah. you know. And to me, um, design, I, I look at design in a really holistic way. So, and whilst I'm not a musician, um, I, I think about it the way people who are musicians would think okay. about it. So it's like you understand the music. Yeah. And then you then you learn the technique or develop the technique to maybe play the piano or the guitar or or both and the trumpet yeah, and yeah. the double bass and you know like people aren't surprised that musicians play numerous instruments. Yes, but, but you know for for my entire work life it's been oh I thought you only made glasses I can't believe yeah. you can make a ring it's like well to me that's goes without saying and so does it does it transcend further than that Are you oh like yeah but but you know like trying I had, to find pr- solutions to problems around the house and oh uh, yeah <laughs> my, my house has been a little bit um underworked on for the last two or three years unfortunately um but um you know when i i had some some really good friends from the wine industry um they bought a restaurant in mclaren bell yeah and uh uh 
So I'd done, I'd done glasses for them. I'd done christening presents. I'd done rings. They'd spent a lot of time in the studio and in my house. Yeah. And most of, a lot of the stuff in, in both I've actually built. Like the chairs or the tables or all the outdoor area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, you know, Michael said, Oh, we've bought, we've bought the Salopian, um, which it, by the way, is an amazing restaurant in McLaren Bar. Yeah. And he said, I just want to come and talk to you about it. So he came over and he said, look, I really love the way you do things. Will you make me a bar for the restaurant? I was like, Oh, well, okay. Yeah. How long is it? And he said, oh, it's about four metres. So I went down and measured it and it was 17. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then that went from that to designing the wine racks and the gin racks and room divider and, and then yeah, what doing cool project, though. consulting on and going through the interior designers stuff. Yeah, and, right. But, you know, that, that came from a man I'd made an engagement ring for. Sure. And then going, oh, you can do this other stuff. And it's like, well, you know, welding is so similar to jewellery making. Yeah. And sometimes it's really nice to, to get the MIG welder out and get the angle grinder out and sparks everywhere yeah, instead yeah. of, you know, working under a microscope or, yeah. or under, you know, 10 time and under a loop. Yeah. So that that sometimes, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's probably the thing that, you know, I'll basically – Take that design knowledge and the engineering knowledge, yeah. and I'll apply it to to whatever. And a lot of that would be knowing the metals, the materials, yeah. how they work. Yeah, and and you know, like I think I I've, I find most things pretty pretty easy, and the the only thing that I ever struggle with, and it's pretty much what all the industry struggles with, it's is remelting. Old gold, where sometimes it'll be a breeze, yeah, and then other times you'll you'll fight with it for for a long time, like for a whole day, melt, roll, crack, or I'll melt it again, or I'll try to fuse it, yeah. But I've just done um, a, a ring for a friend of mine who's really unwell, but it's got four generations. Of jewelry, okay, in it. yeah, yeah, and so part of it, I actually kept kept the stuff separate, um, but even just remelting yeah, an old like ring and then re-rolling it, it's like, well, I don't even know what's in this. So you yeah, know, add a little bit of palladium, or you know, add a bit of extra raw gold, fine gold, or whatever, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so that that's the, that's the only yeah. thing that drives me nuts. So, so that's a lot of knowledge from design to I'm going to say it wrong, metallurgy, metallurgy, uh, metallurgy, <laughs> metallurgy. I'm I'm not I'm not a metallurgist. No, no. But you you know you know you you're going to need to know a fair amount. Yeah, but that doesn't make me a metallurgist. That's okay. like that's like suggesting that because I could play. Like an octave on a trumpet, that I'm a musician. Okay. Because I can, but I'm not. Yeah. You know. Sure. Um. Yeah. But you could probably call me a metrologist. Okay. Which is someone who can measure in very fine increments. Okay. Sure. Yeah. That's more the engineering side, hey. Yeah. Would yeah. you call yourself an engineer? Uh. 
I, I look, there's an engineering edge to what I do, but no, I wouldn't call myself an engineer. And that's in due respect to people who. Okay. I'm, I'm a designer. Okay. Who happens to make, you know, 3D stuff in precious and other metals. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, but pretty much everything that I work with is metal, you know, so. Yeah. And what what was the sort of driving force at the beginning? Was it problem solving, designing, or designing for art? Um, well, see the way the way I was taught was, you know, design is art, but art which works. Yeah. So okay. you know, art is often static. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess you know, for me, taking it that step further and doing eyewear. It, you know, something which had to open and close and sit on a face. Yeah. You know, so you're adding these extra elements, these actual, extra failure points just to make your life a bit easier, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> My suggestion, and I, I've talked to a lot of young jewellers over the years, yeah. uh, particularly ones who are working for others and, yep. and you know, they want to do something a bit more creative. And so I've always just said, just make stuff. Yeah. But like by by making it, you'll learn. So, and, you know, if you're willing to sacrifice, so, so for instance, if you're working five days a week, if you're willing to sacrifice all of Saturday. Yeah. And if you do that for six months, at the end of those six months, and if you make one piece a week, you've got 26 pieces. Yeah. That's actually a collection. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for chatting peter i really appreciate that it's been a pleasure if people want to follow you see what you're doing what can they do instagram uh yeah peter coombs eyewear.com or instagram yeah uh oh yeah so i'm i'm easy to find yeah get involved with community is the uh yeah is 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 the thing to push i reckon yeah absolutely nice thanks so much it's a pleasure okay